for its greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. Good evening and hello from high atop downtown Everett here on a Thursday night, which means it must be time for Prep Sports Weekly. Oh, by the way, we got a, a scheduling change to announce here in just a moment. We'll get to that. I'll just say you. I'll tell you right now. Final Thursday show of the school year. Stay tuned for here in just a moment. We'll explain. My name is Steve Willits, and joining me on the other side of the glass tonight is none other than the run doctor himself, Brandon Hamilton. Tom Lafferty once again has the night off, and we're ready to talk some high school sports. Prep Sports Weekly is brought to you by the Buzz In Steakhouse, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, the Hometown Handyman, and by Screen Printing Northwest. You ask, what's happening to Prep Sports Weekly? Well, let me tell you. The Everett Aqua Sox is happening, and we are very excited about that as a station who carries their games and as a employee of the team. Cannot wait for minor league baseball to return. Aqua Sox first game of the season next Tuesday night on the road, but it's the start of 120 games this year. The Aqua Sox schedule this year, it's going to be very clear cut. Tuesdays through Sundays, six game stands, six game home stands, six game road trips, six game series with Mondays off, and therefore, we've decided to move the show to Mondays starting four days from now, May 3rd. So we will be moving to Monday nights, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. for the rest of the school year, which I believe takes us through June 7th. Don't uh, don't hold me to that date, but for the most part, uh, the next five weeks or so, we're going to be Monday nights, 7 p.m., so stay tuned for that. We'll be sure to remind you, too, via social media and whatnot. We want to make sure that you you get your fill of high school sports because, hey, these athletes have certainly earned it this year. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what we're going to be uh, discussing on the show tonight. And we have got another star-studded lineup. Great athletes, great teams, and uh, a group of folks here who have uh, been doing big things, not just this year either, but throughout their careers. Let's go ahead and talk about it right now. In just a moment, you're going to hear from the undefeated Jackson baseball team. And, and Brandon, you'll get a kick out of this. Tr- check this out. Three senior captains on the show tonight, and it's just one of those things where sometimes it's a small world after all, and you kind of are, are reminded as to uh, just how many, uh, how, how few of connections there are to everybody. The degrees of six degrees of Kevin Bacon, well, apparently it's a one or two degrees to Steve Willits tonight because we've got one guest who is the son of a friend of mine that I've, uh, I worked with back in my younger days, my high school and college days. Uh, another guest who is a friend of mine through a, a mutual friend. We became friends in college, and we've kept in touch over the years. And then another one of the captains uh, is the uh, the son of somebody I went to high school with. So uh, it just happens all three of these guys from different facets of my life all ended up in the same neighborhood, all had sons the same year, all are phenomenal baseball players, all are team captains for maybe – the best team in the state of Washington. So we're going to talk a little Jackson and baseball here in just a moment with senior captains Zach Ediger, Ryan Contreras, and Evan Canfield. We're then going to go from the baseball diamond to the softball diamond tonight, and we're going to talk a little Mariner softball, Mariner Marauders, that is. Alexis Slater, she is a junior pitcher. I guess we'll give this away right now. I was going to tease it earlier, but let's just call it what it is here. 
Alexis really caught our attention last week. Uh, she had a one nothing victory over Linwood, and I think we actually mentioned this at the end of the show last week. one nothing victory over Linwood, and in that game, and keep in mind, softball games at the high school level, seven innings, you do the math, 21 outs. Alexis threw 21 strikeouts, struck out all 21 outs. She did give up two base hits, but nonetheless, Mariner won. So we're going to talk to Alexis, who's currently number three in the state, in terms of strikeouts overall, and the two people ahead of her, the two girls ahead of her, I think have like 15 or 20 more innings pitched than she does. And we're also going to talk to her coach, Nathan Beachy, coming up. And then finally, on the last segment tonight, we're going to talk to the 2019 Everett Herald Soccer Player of the Year. Why are we going back two years? Because he just happened to be a sophomore that year, had a phenomenal year, had 32 goals, 10 assists, uh, led his Meadowdale Mavericks team to their first state tournament berth, I think, in 14 years. That would be River Stewart, and he just happened to be a sophomore the year he was the player of the year. Of course, his junior year getting wiped out to COVID, picked up right where he left off, and we're getting him at an opportune time, too. He had four goals, I think, last night in a victory over Marysville Getchell. So we're going to talk to River Stewart as well as his head coach, Mike Nelson, here coming up in just a few minutes. Once again, Prep Sports Weekly is brought to you by Everett Safe and Lock. Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood, and Glass by Lund. We start things off tonight by talking about Jackson Timberwolves baseball, and check this out. This is astounding right here. And actually, if I had done this interview with these guys seven days ago, it would be even more eye-popping, but nonetheless, it's still very impressive here. Joining us on the phone right now, three of our senior baseball players from Jackson, the undefeated Jackson Timberwolves baseball team, Zach Ediger, Ryan Contreras, and Evan Canfield. Listen to this. Through nine games this season, they have outscored their opponents 96-14. to That's impressive. Now, that, doesn't, that takes into account the two games they played against Kamiak this week. Kamiak playing them very tough. Matter of fact, they took him into extra innings one night, but nonetheless – Jackson comes out on top, but through the first seven games this season, Timberwolves outscored their opponents 79-3. to 79-3, that is correct. So let's go ahead and talk about the Timberwolves right now. Zach Ediger, you are a starting pitcher on this team. You play first base, and you guys just seem to go out and dominate every single night this year. Other than a few uh, close calls earlier this week against Kamiak, how much fun is it to play with these guys right now? Uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, everyone on this team is just, um, a complete grinder. Um, me, uh, Dom and Ryan all made it a priority in the off season to really get after it and really like, um, kind of challenge everyone that was showing up and it's, uh, starting to pay off, which is cool. But, um, I just really like the way we're always competing. We have a kind of a never say die attitude, as you saw when the game ran into, you know, the 12th inning. Like, you know, it's that never-say-die attitude, and it's that just absolute swagger we walk around with. So it's a lot of fun. Well, and in some ways, I know this this question sounds kind of ridiculous, but at the same time, I mean, I think you'll know where I'm going with this. If you go out every single night and you do nothing but blow people out 12 to nothing, 14 to 1, 16 to 1, every once in a while, as competitors, you want to be challenged, right? I mean, it's, it's good to have Kamiak push you to the 12th inning every so often, right? Oh, yeah, like that Kamiak game, um, that was our – I would say that and the uh, first Nahomish game were two of the biggest challenges this year. But I really like the way that we just kind of came together. Like we were like, all right, like this is going to be a challenge this game. So instead of um, 
kind of backing down from that, we took it on uh, with a full head of steam. And I'm looking at your stats here right now, and, and I think it's fair to say your pitching numbers probably jump out more than your uh, your batting numbers. However, the play that I want to ask about was your first at-bat of the season, and I think, you correct me if I'm wrong, I think it might have been the first pitch you saw this year. Funko Field home run, is that correct? Yeah, it was the first pitch I saw after a really long off-season of training, and um, first pitch I saw, I just jumped right on it and put it over the scoreboard. So, so that we, was a that was really that was a big moment. So we have to remind everybody again: you, you didn't have a junior season that was canceled from from COVID, even though I know you played a lot of baseball last year on club teams and select and whatnot. But uh, I didn't look at the stats from your sophomore year. How many home, career home runs had you had up until that point? Um, at the high school level. Oh my goodness! Uh, I want to say two, like two or three. So kind of a big yeah. deal then when you when you take one over the uh, over the scoreboard at, at Funko. Um, I was I was actually surprised it went that far. <laughs> I thought it was gonna you know kind of moonshot over, but no, it just kept flying. Well, so. and I I always like to ask this question of guests, especially from the, Ed, the Everett School District, because again. I work over at, at Funko Field for the Everett Aqua Sox, and I'm just in awe when I look out there sometimes at night and go, this is a really cool place for baseball. And I would think for a high school student, and now granted, I know you play a lot of your home games on your, your school's uh, school grounds there at Jackson High School, and it's a great facility over there, but it's got to be a little bit different when you when you hit one out of Funko Field. Does, does it feel just a little more special when you jack one out at a place like that that you know is home of the uh, minor league baseball team for the, the Mariners? Yeah, growing up, I used to always go to those Aqua Sox games and uh, finally be playing there and nevertheless hit a home run there is just, you know, a huge moment and a huge actually blessing to play there, and it was a huge moment to hit that home run. Now, now there was a bat flip after the home run. Was, was that was that <laughs> planned, or did that just kind of happen spur of the moment? Uh, you know, it just kind of happened. Like, I don't think I've ever hit a ball that far up until, you know, that point. So, you know, right as soon as I saw it, I knew I had to do something cool. So, <laughs> And I'm yeah. guessing you, you probably know, do you know some of the guys on the Everett baseball team? You were, you were playing Everett that night, and were there, I, I've got to think that everybody knows that you're a pretty respectful guy. Was, were there any issues after that, or was it all, all good? Um, there were, there was a few issues. There was, I mean, there wasn't really any issues. Like, uh, I know I, I played with the uh, shortstop for Everett, uh, Abe, for a while. Like, not a while. I think I played with him a few times over the summer. But uh, I got to second base at one point that night, and uh, he said, hey, a little easy on the bat. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You got to do it every so often. Birth moment, so, yeah. Tell me about uh, senior night last night. I know it, it seems like it, it's happened so quickly. Obviously, we're condensing the season down this year, and you guys still have four games to go. It just happens to be your last game, I guess, at Jackson High School, so – you guys did senior night. Did it just all seem kind of surreal that it's happened the way it has and as quickly as it has? Yeah, it was just it was crazy that uh, four years just went by so fast, and um, it was just it was like you know, in just in the blink of an eye, it was done and almost done. But it just it, it was unreal. But it was it was uh, it was kind of emotional. Um, but. All in all, I'd say the past four years are really fun, and that kind of made it made it go by really quick, though. So, well, you said that the past four years were fun. Did you have a favorite moment per se? I mean, was it the home run at Funko? Was it a moment maybe your sophomore year? What would you classify maybe as your your shining moment, if you will? Uh, I mean, my favorite moment 
was uh, definitely that game against Kamiak and how, every, like, that is the, uh, that was one of the times, like, one of the many times, like, we all came together and we were like, all right, so this is going to be a battle and this is going to be a war and we can't shine down because they're fighting. And, you know, Kamiak, Kamiak's a scrappy team and there's, I have a lot of respect for him. And we, we knew we had to match that. So once we did, we kept battling and, when the bats weren't, you know, waking up, our defense was really stellar. And when, you know, the defense was lacking a little bit, our bats would pick us up. And, you know, it was it was just it was a really good team win. So I'd say that was my favorite moment out of the four years. Sure. And out of curiosity, and we've had a, quite a few athletes on this year, especially from the spring sports season. That it's the season where everything got canceled last year. And there are some sports where if if you miss the season at the high school level you didn't play that sport. You just didn't have a lot of opportunity. Whereas baseball is one of those sports where, where you do have some other, other chances. And you took advantage of that. I know you play for a few different teams uh, during the summer months and whatnot. Uh, how much baseball did you get a chance to play last year and how beneficial was that for your senior year? Um, well, last year, you know, right after the season shut down, um, my, my original summer program was, uh, you know, a lot of the games got canceled a lot of the tournaments got canceled, so that was kind of a bummer. But I played with uh, uh, Ben Kruger's Mercedes-Benz Baseball Club over the summer, and we would go to Idaho and uh, certain parts of Oregon to get some ball in with some really high competition. And that certainly um, helped a lot playing into my senior year, just seeing that you know high-level pitching and you know high-level baseball and then once we got to the high school season, I felt very prepared for the challenge that was ahead. And I noticed, in, in, in full disclosure, I know your parents a little bit, so was was going through Mom's Facebook today trying to get some ideas for questions for you. Did I see this right? I know your sister plays a lot of softball. She's younger than you, right? And, she plays a lot of softball, and she's a really good softball well, let's player. Well, let's make sure we give her a shout-out. What's sister's name, and who does she play for? Uh, my sister Mia, and she plays for the Washington Ladyhawks. And now, did I see this correctly? Did, did the Washington Ladyhawks play in a tournament in Arizona at the same time you were playing earlier this year? Yeah, earlier this year, I played with the uh, Snohomish Laces to get some extra baseball in, and uh, they, they uh, Washington Ladyhawks, also had a tournament in Arizona. So it was really fun to have you know our whole family together watching baseball and softball. So I'm guessing mom and dad get their, more than their share of practices and BP and, and tournaments, and it's kind of nice when you guys can finally go to the same location and, and each get a chance to play, right? Oh, yeah, it, that's huge, yeah. Well, and I'm looking at your – we haven't even talked about your pitching yet, and these are some phenomenal numbers. Uh, 15 and two-thirds inning this year, um, 13 hits, three earned runs. That's a 1.34 ERA. Here the, here's the, the stat. One walk and 27 strikeouts. Control doesn't seem to be an issue for you. Is that something you, you've worked hard on, or is that something that comes natural to you? Um, well, I put a lot of stress because, you know, I never threw hard in Little League and so when I was 13, 14, 15. Like, this is, the, this is the first year where I actually have some velo to use. So I had to, to kind of learn how to become a, uh, more of a pitcher and less of a thrower, if that makes sense. And, you know, I had to learn how to, you know, mix up timing and, um, you know, work around the zone, know when to throw pitches out of the zone, and uh, just kind of be in a pitcher's mindset a little bit. And um, so over the off season, I always train location. And I always, you know, on 3-2, if I, you know, if I throw a ball, you know, I'm really pissed at myself because, like, I know that I can get that over for strike three. So 
Well, you haven't been upset very often because you've only got one walk yeah. and almost, again, 27 strikeouts in less than 16 innings. And noticing you're going to Everett Community College next year to play ball, I, I would assume is pitching priority number one, or am I am I wrong? I know you play first base also. Um, we're um, that's kind of uh, that's all kind of up in air um, because sometimes the bat is really hot and the uh, the arms really cold and the arms really hot and the bat's really cold. So we'll see come come next fall when we do fall scrimmages. But I mean, as of now, the pitching route seems uh, seems pretty realistic. But uh, who knows? Okay, and then finally, I'm going to ask you here since we're going to pod them up here in just a moment. We've got Ryan and Evan coming on the uh, the show here. Tell me about Ryan Contreras and Evan Canfield. Ryan is your your third baseman and your shortstop. Evan is your pitcher. Give me a quick scouting report on those two. Well, uh, Evan on the mound is just he's pretty he's looking scary this year. His <laughs> velo has gone way up. His secondary pitches are unbelievable, and he is finding his own so good. The 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 uh, the way he's grown from year one to year four has just been, you know, amazing. And, you know, how much time and effort he's put in, you know, he puts in more time and effort each year and the future is bright for him. And uh, the kind of the same thing with Ryan. Ryan got a lot bigger. He got a lot bigger from year three to year four was definitely the, um, the biggest uh, growth spurt he's had and, you know, he just continues to get better skill-wise, and I can't wait to be his teammate next year, too. So, Well, there you have it. So we heard Zach talking about Ryan and Evan. Let's go ahead and turn the tables now. Ryan Contreras, you just heard what Zach Ediger said about you. Tell me a little bit about Zach, the first baseman and the pitcher. So watching Zach, you know, in high school, uh, it's really nice to see him develop as a very talented player. And he's definitely the hardest working person I know. That dude is always in the gym, always getting extra hacks. And it's just crazy to see how big and how good he's gotten over these past years. And Evan, same question for you. He just referred to you as having a scary type of a season. And, and we're going to get to that in a minute. He's not lying. Tell me a little bit about Zach. Tell me about the pitcher. Uh, Zach, as a player in general, is for surely the most hardworking player I've ever played with. Uh, hanging out, hanging out with him outside of baseball, he's just dedicated to everything. He has his priorities straight, and it's really paying off on the field. Okay, guys, I, I do have to ask you this now too, because uh, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but I know both of your your dads, grown up with both of them a little bit. Ryan, I reached out to your dad, and he gave me a little bit of intel. So I need to have you clarify this for me a little bit. Is it true that back in the third grade at recess, Sil- Silver Firs Elementary? Were you and Evan not allowed to be on the same sports teams, or were you not allowed to play against one another because you were too competitive? Uh, yes, that is true. Evan and I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. The recess ladies just didn't let us play with each other. But So they actually they actually knew you well enough to know who knew who the two of you were and said you cannot play against one another. Evan, is that true? Yes, that is true. Actually, when we were younger, me and Ryan were always the most competitive ones. We Sometimes that's a bad blood between each other, but like was, thro- was, throwing sand in the sandbox, or what are you guys doing on third grade? There, pushing, shoving, were, were any kind of a any no, kind of bodily we were, harm done to an, at nine years old, or what? No, we were just we were such we were sore losers actually. <laughs> so when one of us lost, we didn't like the other one for like at least a day. Well, and Ryan, I guess that kind of pays off in the end, though, right? Because I've got to think that some of that competitiveness is what's gotten you to where you are right now. 
Evan just mentioned your sore losers. Well, yeah, you haven't lost yet this year, so I guess it's all good. So talk a little bit about that competitiveness. Is that something that's been in you ever since you you put on a mitt, never ever since you took your first swing of a bat? Uh, yeah, I well, growing up with a bunch of coaches surrounding me, a bunch of players that have essentially the same thing in mind as I do, that they just they hate losing. And why why lose when all we can do is just win? There you go. I love it. Hey, Evan, tell me a little bit about growing up and playing Little League. You guys played together on a team called the Bulldogs when you were like eight years old. Traveling team, and you guys even got to play in the uh, a Little League World Series event, correct? Yeah. Uh, growing up, we played on a small team, and we would travel to uh, different states and big tournaments. And we were we always we growing up, we were very competitive. We also we won a lot. We weren't used to losing. And so that really just built us up to how we play today. Well, And, Ryan, is that does that have something to do with why Jackson baseball is always so tough year after year? I mean, it, it's just one of those sports where it, it just feels like you guys never really drop off. And even during other years where maybe a, the cycle of athletes that come through, maybe they struggle in other sports, it never seems to happen in baseball. Does that speak to the – Little league system over there in Mill Creek? I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Why do we constantly see Jackson at the top of the standings? I think it's just that the cycle of athletes are just always on top of it. A bunch of hard workers that come in. And, uh, yeah, that little little league was just super competitive, and seeing us now is just, just super fun. Yeah, and you guys are putting up, like I said, some, some incredible numbers. And, Evan, funny story here, so – uh, Ryan's dad sent me the team stats before yesterday's game against Kamiak, and I know you you pitched yesterday and you pitched very well. And so I actually sat down today and I thought, well, rather than have him send me the stats over again, I should probably just do the math myself. So I grabbed a, a calculator and I thought, I'll go ahead and I know how to compute the the ERA, so I'll just compute Evan's ERA myself. Well, I start looking down the stat line and I realized pretty quickly I didn't need the calculator. You you haven't you haven't given up an earned run yet this year. Your ERA is zero point zero zero. Twenty four and a third innings. You've only given up five hits. You've walked nine. You've struck out thirty six. And I just mentioned you haven't given up an earned run. What are what are you doing this year? I've got to think that you've got some of the best numbers in the state right now. Obviously, you've had success in the past, but this is on another level. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about the last twelve months, twenty four months for you, and what you've been doing to get yourself so much better. Well. Actually, over the summer and over the last high school, uh, I've been working with my pitching coach. His name is Brooks. Uh, he's also actually going to be my pitching coach at Edmonds. Uh, I've always had struggle working in my legs, and over the past 12 months, um, that's all I've worked on was getting deeper into my legs. That way I can produce more velocity, which is why I'm having such a big jump in below this year. And all that hard work is finally paying off, and I love seeing it. Ryan, do you have to? Do you ever have to face Evan in in practice? Uh, yeah. What's for that mer- like? <laughs> for Merchant, um, it's definitely a great challenge, and I mean, it's nice I get to see him a bunch, but I'm just glad I'm not on the other team seeing him. Happy to be on his team, right? Well, tell me a little. Give me a scouting report on Evan. I mean, you, we don't want you to give too much away because I know you've still got four games left. But what what are you seeing from your your spot at the shortstop or over at third base? To me, it looks like Evans really stepped up that velo compared to him in the past years. It's just hearing that whiz of the four-seam fastball right down the middle is just insane. 
And then Ryan, I'm looking at your stats here. You've got a, and this is I should mention I, I didn't do the adding up for the uh, the game last night, so I apologize. But nonetheless, through the first eight games, you had a batting average of 432. You're second on the team with runs with 13. You're second on the team with RBI with 11. Lead the team in hits. Lead the team in triples. Plate appearances. I, I'm guess. Can I? Is it safe to say that you're probably batting leadoff? Is that right? Yep. Okay, so you're batting in that leadoff spot, getting things going, and I think you even let off a game with a home run recently here. Tell me a little bit about your season and how you're feeling about things. I mean, obviously, the, the proof is in the uh, the results here, but just in general, when you look at your own stats and assess yourself, how, how are you doing? Well, senior year, I mean, I just really wanted to go out with a bang and put on that hard work in the off season. I really wanted to get things going this year, and uh, it's really starting to pay off. Okay, Evan, your your turn now. Talk about Ryan a little bit. What kind of a well, first of all, what kind of a hitter is he? Uh, Ryan's an all all around great hitter. He can hit for power. He can uh, do the job, whatever situation we're in. Uh, over this last COVID season, you could obviously tell he's been hitting a lot in the cages, and it's sure you can see in the stats that it's really paying off. He's probably our most consistent hitter this year, for sure. And I'm also noticing here now, one of the things in my notes here, Evan, is for you, now you've only got two at-bats all season, but you, you, won a, uh, you won a Little League home run derby back in the day. Can, can you still put the ball over the fence if, if need be? Um, I, I'd like to think that, but I really haven't been hitting a lot. <laughs> but that would be cool if I did. Hey, you're doing enough with your arm. On the rare occasion, though, where batters do put the ball in play on you, You've got that guy playing shortstop, or you've got him playing third base. Tell me a little bit about Ryan's glove. Oh, he swallows up everything. I know I have a man on the left side when I get a ground ball. I know I got a for sure out. Nice. Okay, well, tell me a little bit about the team, too. Ryan, maybe I'll start with you. Give me give me the outfield. Who do we have on any given night out there for the, the Timberwolves? Uh, in left field, we have Benny Sandico. And center, we have Hunter Kumini. And then right field is Ryan Nakajima. Uh, Benny's a senior, Hunter's a junior. Hunter will be attending San Diego in a couple years, and Ryan Nakajima is just a sophomore. And, hey, while you're at it, might as well go through the infield, too, since you're an infielder. Uh, then I'll have S- Save the me. catcher, though. We'll, we'll have the pitcher do that. So we'll, we'll have you give the first base, second base, and the rest of the infield. Oh, okay. Uh, first base is Zach, and then second base is Carson Burns. He's a junior. And then short is Dom. And me at third, and then Braden O'Donnell would be catching. And Dom is Dominic Hellman, who's having a really good year and who's going to Oregon next year, right? Yes. Okay, now tell me a little bit about the uh, the battery. Evan, who's uh, who's catching for you this year? Uh, they're switching off games, but uh, it's Jagger and Dreesen and Braden O'Donnell, both really solid catchers. I know I have someone I can trust with a 0-2 pitch or any pitch in the dirt because I know they'll block it up. They also have really strong arms, so I can really count on them throwing runners out. And we we touched upon Dominic's name a minute ago, but tell me a little bit about Dominic too. As far as I, know, he's already accepted a, a ride to the University of Oregon. Only a junior. Tell me about him as a pitcher as well. Oh, his velo is crazy. From seeing him sophomore year and then his COVID season, he's gone up at least five miles per hour. Um, no one's catching up to his fastball. Changeup's really deceptive, and his curveball is out of this world. It's really tight, and it doesn't seem like anyone can hit him. And do we have any other pitchers? I don't want to leave anybody out. Who else is? I know you, you three are eating up a ton of the innings, but who else comes in from time to time? 
Uh, we have a lefty, Aiden Lundquist, that usually comes into relief after me. He's a junior. Um, he's really effective. He has really good tail on his ball, and he throws a lot of strikes and gets a lot of contact out. And, Ryan, I hate to bring this up, but, I mean, obviously it's something I'm sure you guys talk about a lot. When you start to think of teams that can compete at a state level, the thing you really need, at the very least, you need two strong starting pitchers because on any given weekend, if you're playing in districts or if you're playing at the state level, you're going to need two for two games, and it helps to have a third also. This is a team that sounds like it would have been built for a state run. Do you guys talk about that a lot, or do you try to kind of stay away from that knowing that it's a little bit painful? Uh, well, yeah, honestly, we do talk about that a lot because with this group of guys, we always – we really thought before the season started that we had a solid shot going to state and maybe taking that trophy home. Yeah, indeed. Hey, I did want to ask, too, about your college decisions. The two of you, I asked you to analyze one another, and it sounds like you might get a chance to face each other next year. I know, Ryan, you're heading to Everett CC, correct? And then, yeah. Evan, you're going going to Edmond CC. Uh, Ryan, for you, what, what went into that decision? Um, well, I really liked how it was nice and close to home. And uh, it also, I think Zach had um, some thing to do with it. He uh, he's got he's made the decision way before I did, and uh, it's really cool to go and play with a former teammate, and then we'll just get rejoined. And then there's a bunch of uh, Jackson alumni that go there right now, and it's just really cool to be in that program. Hey, home games at Funco Field—that's never a bad thing either, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, Evan, finally for you, uh, what went into the Edmonds decision? So, like I said earlier, uh, my pitching coach for Merchants, Brooks, he's the pitching coach at Edmonds. Uh, he's been watching me grow throughout the whole years I've been at Merchants and watched me build as a player, and he played a really big part in getting connections into the head coach and the recruiting coordinator. Very nice. And, Ryan, hey, one thing I wanted to ask you, too, and I, I don't see this as often as I – I think I should almost, but we talked to multi-sport athletes about you know what what you can apply from one sport to another. You were an all-West Coast tennis player this year, which makes sense when I think about it. I mean, there's a ball, you're, you're swinging at it, hand-eye coordination, you're shuffling your feet. Why do we not see more tennis players play baseball and vice versa? I don't know, honestly. Um, my tennis coach, Mr. Hutt, he always love to see the baseball guys out there because he knows we can really play and we have that competitive spirit and uh yeah we just i think it's just that given hand-eye coordination is just really connects to the sport of tennis yeah certainly it's helped you in, in many ways and finally uh before i leave tonight evan i do have to ask one final question i, I noticed this earlier when i was trolling on your uh, your, your dad's facebook page your, your nickname is nuts i don't hear that one very often where, where, where did the nickname come from uh, that's a really good question, actually. When I was growing up, I don't know why, but my mom had a, she used to call me Peanut. Uh, don't know why, but then it slowly turned into nuts, and then family friends, friends, and just mutual friends uh, all started calling me that, and that's pretty much what I go by now. So. The uh, Always an interesting story to find out the origins of nicknames. Well, again, Ryan, Evan, Zach, thank you guys very much for your time tonight. The Jackson Timberwolves 9-0 in the season. We should mention a rare 10 a.m. start on Saturday. 
They're going to be over at Edmonds Woodway High School, a brand new field, by the way, which looks phenomenal. So if anybody gets a chance, get on out there, watch these guys. They've got another game at Lake Stevens on Monday, and then they're at Everett Memorial next Wednesday night, May 5th, 6.30 p.m. start time. Gentlemen, thank you very much, and congratulations on all the success this year. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. There you have it. So the Jackson Timberwolves baseball team, we're now going to focus our attention on talking a little softball, Mariner softball with Alexis Slater and Nathan Beachy. Coming up next on Prep Sports Weekly. Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanwood. Ace is the place with the folks. School is back in session and the hometown handyman in Monroe gives a big salute to all the student athletes out there prepping for the most unique season we've ever seen. So whether you're from Monroe or Lake Stevens, Snohomish or anywhere really, Hometown Handyman salutes your hard work and dedication. The Hometown Handyman, proud to support local sports and happy to give back to the local community. Find out more info at hometownhandymanpnw.com. Again, hometownhandymanpnw.com. Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz-In Steakhouse. Dinner doesn't have to be a battle because the Buzz Inn is open again for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while the Buzz Inn takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz Inn near you. Check out the menu at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call the Law Offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800 And welcome back to Prep Sports Weekly here on KRKO. We're going to head on over to Mariner High School right now and talk a little Marauder softball, something we don't get a chance to do very often, a, a program that has struggled over the years. But uh, new coach over the last few years, some new players, and suddenly they find themselves with a 5-4 and four record. Joining us right now, head coach Nathan Beachy and Alexis Slater. And we mentioned this earlier on the show. In fact, I mentioned it at the end of last week's show on Thursday night because I had just heard the stat, I think about two hours before we went on the air. Alexis had a game last week against Linwood High School. 21 strikeouts in a one nothing victory in a seven-inning game. Alexis, 21 strikeouts, 21 outs. Have you ever done anything like that before? What was your previous career high, by the way? Um, I don't think I've ever done that before. And funny enough, I didn't even know that I got all 21 outs <laughs> until my coach told me at the end of the game. Um, 
True story, huh? Yes. (laughs) My freshman year, I had, um, from 14 games we played, I had around 135 strikeouts. So this year has been absolutely insane. Well, and that was going to be my next question. You already took it, so I'll just talk to your coach about it. But Nathan... I would think, and I'm a numbers person, so I think if I'm, and I've never been good enough to get 21 strikeouts, trust me, but if I were on the mound in the moment, I think I would know. Did, did you realize what she was doing out there? Well, you know, it, it came it came pretty obvious. Uh, she came real close. I think it was a few games prior to that where we started ringing them up in our head, and I was, I was a pitcher all through playing days, so I kind of, I tracked those two. I'm sitting there, I was like, oh, we got a no-hitter, or we got we got this going on. So I, I knew, and I a couple of our fans, I could hear chirping as well. Like, if she gets this one, it's 21. So it was definitely in our mind. Um, but it was impressive. I mean, 21 strikeouts is just insane. And, and I think the greatest part about that is it wasn't there was there wasn't really any play that we didn't make in that game. There was just never an opportunity. She didn't give us an opportunity to play defense. Well, it was a two-hitter. So were the, were the balls hit into the gap? I mean, just in between players and the infield or? There, yeah, two the two hits were straight up the middle, and they were nice little nice little line drives up the middle. I think one ground ball that went right by her. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, they didn't. That, that game alone, I think, was the least amount of contact we saw. Obviously, and, and Alexis, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And Alexis, we hear this often at the major league level. You'll hear t- pitchers talk after they throw a no hitter or a, you know, a complete game shutout, and sometimes they get asked, "Did you know during warmups whether or not you had?" the right stuff that night? Or was there a moment in the early innings where you thought, wow, this just feels a little different? Do softball players go through that too in terms of pitchers? Do you, are there nights where, or days where you get out there and after the first one or two batters you just think, yeah, this this is good tonight. This is going to be different. You know, yeah, sometimes I have that mindset where I'm like, this game, I can tell if it's going to be a good game or not from the first few batters. If I go to innings striking out nine batters, I just have a good feeling about the game. Um, from warm-ups, I usually can't tell if I will have, like, a great game or not. So it's not exactly the same, but I sometimes have that mindset. Yeah, well, you definitely had one the other day, that's for sure. Well, well, Coach, tell us a little bit about Alexis. What what kind of a pitcher is she? Well, I think what's nice about having Alexis um, is that she really just is able to locate. Um, and, you know, there's a pitcher mentality that you have to have, and I always refer to it as a just having an ice-cold you know, just demeanor, and you'll never see Alexis get too high. You'll never see her get too low. She's just ready to pound the strike zone and challenge people, and I think as a coach of a team that you just want to have them keep competing, like, they just they just feed off of her energy um, and the results of her. I mean, like I said, she's even keel. You couldn't tell her she struck out 21 or walked 21, but, like, she's just she's just got a great – great feel for what she wants to do to each hitter and and the location with three plus pitches is is lights out well, and alexis when did you know that you were a pitcher i mean where w- was this something that developed in the last few years have you been doing this since you were you know knee high or when did, when did you become a pitcher and when did you realize that hey I'm, I'm pretty good at this i've been pitching for a pretty long time so i'm 17 now and i started pitching when i was about 10 so i've had seven years of experience but definitely the last few years has been my high point. Well, and hey, since we had Coach talk about you, tell us a little bit about Coach. What's what's he like out there? He's pretty awesome. I mean, he I know he knows the game, and that's what uh, is what's making the team pretty good this year. 
he knows what to do in high stress situations or in last moments where let's say we're in our last inning of a game and we are down and he is able to talk to us in a manner that keeps us um, having our confidence. Well, Coach, the confidence is working. They're five and four. You've got to be enjoying this. And I know that you, uh, we should give a little bit of background here. I know you graduated from Arlington High School. You moved out of state for a while, and you were actually coaching softball down in Avondale, Arizona, or Arizona before you came back up here. I'm sure you must have known as you, when you took the Mariner job, it wasn't necessarily a, a program that had a lot of success over time. It certainly uh, has had its struggles over the last decade plus. What were your thoughts coming into the program? And to have it where it is now, how rewarding is that for you? Well, I think, I think every coach goes into a, into a job with a, a purpose. And the job wasn't available when I first got to Mariner. So it was a nice little year off of reflection. And what it, if I did coach again, what would it look like? Um, I knew we had some younger talent coming in um, that year that I took the job about four years ago. Uh, she's a senior this year. Her name is Mackenzie Grant. And even though you can't build a team around one player, when you get those kind of players like McKenzie and like Alexis, you, you know you can better the team around them. And so I just kind of took in um, the idea that this is a chance for me to try to change a culture. And it, it took a little bit longer than I think. Uh, I think last year would have been a little bit eye-opening, similar to this year. Um, but this year definitely is, is a lot less uh, – well, I can't say it's a lot less stress because we're winning by one run almost every game or <laughs> losing by one, but it's a lot It's a lot different stress. It's a relaxing stress of, man, that was fun. This is enjoyable. Um, and I think the girls are feeding off that. And so it's just – it's been this, – this year has been an amazing uh, escape from what the reality has been just in, in – not just in sports but in general. So – well, and Alexis, I was looking up something online here a little while ago, and I noticed, I think it was two years ago, uh, I forget which website it was, but one of the local community news sites did a, a preview on the team from 2019, and it mentioned how there were eight freshmen, one of which was you, and, and a handful of sophomores who were all playing varsity, and it was a very young team. I've got to think that, I'm assuming you probably grew up in the area, so you knew that maybe Mariner wasn't a, a team that had a lot of success was it something that when you and your friends were at the middle school level, did you talk about, hey, if we keep this group together, maybe we can be the ones to turn it around? Was it ever something that was discussed? Yeah, and I think a lot of the players that came to Mariner that are playing softball didn't really go to the middle school I went to. I was kind of like the lone person with Mackenzie Graham. She was a sophomore at the time, and I was a freshman. So when I came in, I knew a couple players, but I didn't know that it was going to be getting to this level that we're at. I knew we had some talent my freshman year, but I didn't know it was going to be, like I said, to where we are right now. Sure. Coach, give us some names. Who are we uh, – maybe go around the uh, the diamond a little bit and tell us who, who's playing. Well, we got uh, – senior-wise, we've got um, Mackenzie Graham, who's been a standout for all four years – or well, three years that she's been with us. Um, we've got our first baseman, Arcelli. I always say her last name wrong. I believe it's Arufia. Um, she's she's definitely like she is the the girl that keeps everybody going. Um, and so she's just a great kid. She's a sneaky batting average every year. Like you wouldn't you you don't look at it. But the next thing you know, she's hit three thirty again. 
Um, and then we have our senior catcher, Sarah Angelos, which has been, I think, a lifesaver because she did not want to catch when I told her I wanted her to her freshman year. Um, but she she has taken it by the by the horns and made it so that Alexis feels comfortable pitching. Um, we've got our second baseman now a freshman. She was a big piece. I got to coach her in her middle school year last year. Um, her name's Sammy Brutton. Um, and we expect her to take a big role next year. A couple of the freshmen that are now sophomores, Danica um, and Blythe Gorham and Jaden Gagukas, are, they're just all stepping up. I mean, I think when we saw them as freshmen, we're like, man, these next two years are going to be huge. And um, with losing last season, I think we lost a little bit of momentum. But they really picked it up. I think they were so energized to get out on the field and just start rolling um, that they, that it just, it's been, it's been a good chemistry. The girls are all loving each other. The most respectful, delightful group of girls I've ever coached in my life. Um, so it's, it's been a lot of fun. Alexis, what about for you? A fun, fun group to play with? Oh, it is so fun. Um, all the girls have such high energy. We have bonded um, so much throughout the just past two weeks. And it's just the best group of girls I've been with. And I should ask you, too, I know you're only a junior, so you've got a little bit of time, but have you already started thinking about pitching at the college level and what that might look like? Yeah, I've been thinking this past year. Um, we've been looking at colleges, and it's just been a process. And, Coach, we should mention, too, I did mention it, I guess, at the very opening, but uh, – you made it a point to put this in the notes when you sent those to me earlier today. She's number three in the state right now in strikeouts, but she's pitched fewer innings than some of those other girls, right? Yeah. I mean, she's 20, 20 less than the two girls that are about 20 strikeouts ahead. I mean, she Kenny's per seven. We're, I, I think we're sitting at about an average of 14, 13 or 14. Ooh. And so, I mean, if if we mapped it out, I, I, I'd love to look at the K's K per seven versus just strikeout total because I'm I'm fairly certain she'd be at the top of the state right now. Yeah, definitely the top around here. 134 strikeouts and 62 innings, and we should point out also your next game. It looks like um just pulled up the schedule. So at Shorecrest tomorrow night, 6 p.m. start time, so an evening game, and then it looks like you're home on Monday against a, a good Edmonds Woodway team that uh, I know has some solid pitching themselves. So 4 p.m. start time over at Mariner High School. Should be a fun way to end out yeah. the season here. Yeah, uh, a lot lot of great teams still left to play, so it'll be fun. Well, definitely. Well, again, Alexis, congratulations on all your success this year and moving forward. Again, you're only a junior, but uh, we already mentioned it, 21 strikeouts in a game, 134 for the year, and I'm sure there will be more to come. So, Alexis, thank you, and Nathan, thank you, and best of luck to the Mariners softball team. All right, thanks for having us. So there you have it, the Mariners softball team, 5-4 and on the year, looking for win number six tomorrow night. We'll go from softball to soccer. Coming up next, the Player of the Year for the Everett Herald 2019, River Stewart from Meadowdale, along with his coach, Mike Nelson, right here on Prep Sports Weekly. At Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Class by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. 
If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. For nearly 50 years, Everett Safe and Lock has serviced the security needs of Snohomish County and surrounding areas, and they are also a proud supporter of prep sports. They know that boys and girls that take part in prep sports work hard to make themselves and their teammates better athletes, and even more importantly, better citizens too. Sports, they help build character and help them to be properly prepared for a brighter future. Everett Safe and Lock wishes all the athletes the best this season. And for all of your commercial, industrial, financial, and residential needs, see them, the trusted pros, since 1971 on Evergreen Way and online at everettsafeandlock.com. Welcome back once again to Prep Sports Weekly here on 1380 KRKO. We should mention it one more time, and we might even throw it in at the end of the show as well. Quick reminder, this is our final Thursday show of the school year. We move to Monday night starting on May 3rd. That's four days away, and we'll finish out the rest of the school year with Monday shows as we move uh, move over in honor of the Everett Aquasox baseball season. Very excited about that. But right now... Time to talk a little soccer. We head over to the Edmonds School District, and joining us right now, and I love to say the title, so we're going to throw it out there again, the 2019 Everett Herald Soccer Player of the Year. He was a sophomore that year. He's now a senior. River Stewart joining us from the Meadowdale Mavericks and, and head coach Mike Nelson. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us tonight. River, I figured we would have you on the show at some point after I saw that article two years ago. I just didn't think it would be two years later and a year in between without a season and you're you're finally back out here so tell us a little bit about what it's like for you to to get out there and play with your teammates again um i mean it feels great there was like a point in uh not too long ago where you know uh, i thought i was going to have a senior year without a a season so just to get out and even just play these 10 games you know it feels great and coach it's it's the same for you guys too right i mean we always talk about the athletes but you're you're ready to get back out there and i know you also coach the girls team so busy year from you going back to back this year uh yeah most definitely um you know actually this last year i did not coach the girls team i uh kind of went to one sport only last year before the pandemic all came about but uh either way you know it was you know, with last year happening and, you know, with seniors last year not getting an opportunity to play and the look on their face because, you know, it got canceled about two weeks into our season before we even had a game. Um, you know, coming into this year, I was I was really kind of hopeful that we would have a season and, you know, on the fence about it, whether or not we would or not. Um, and when we did, or when we, we got the announcement that we were going to have one, I was ecstatic for our players, 
um, especially our seniors this year, because they will get the opportunity to have, or they've had the opportunity to have uh, a season this year. So I thought it was just a great thing to happen. No, 100%. And, and looking at River's numbers here, River, 15 goals your freshman year. And then, of course, the if you want to call it a breakout season, when you have 15 goals as a freshman, that's pretty much breaking out already. But 32 goals and 10 assists your sophomore year. So you accounted for 42 of the 49 goals. And you're already up to nine goals and four assists this year in a shortened season. Um, doing the math in my head here, what is that, 56 goals right now? So, And, Mike, maybe I'll start with you. Do we know what the school record is even? I know that's probably not a stat that's necessarily readily available, but Rivers had, what, just a little over two seasons, and he's probably got to be either close to it or already has it. I, I would almost guarantee that he probably already has the record. I've been with the program now for about eight years, um, and then my coaching staff, they've been uh, themselves the head coaches in previous years, um, and I know they would kind of back me up and saying, I don't think there's other and any other player that's come through Meadowdale in, in recent time that has put up this many uh, this amount of goals, especially in a in a two year uh, two and a half year time period. Well, River, are uh, you a, are you a stats guy? I mean, do you do you pay attention to how many how many goals you have in any given time? Or I know some players like to, some players don't. Where where do you stand? Um. For the most part, especially uh, this season, um, I have a different role than I did before. So stats, to me, it's just like if I get it, I get it. Um, but I'd say probably sophomore year, I was a lot more focused on getting as much goals. Even though I didn't really know how much goals I had in totality, um, I was more like focused on getting goals. So, I mean, I guess so. Talk, talk us Talk us through this sophomore year a little bit. Obviously, like I said, you went from 15 goals to 32, player of the year in the area. Uh, did you kind of know going into that season that you, you could you sense that you were progressing at a rate to where, hey, maybe I'm already at the point where I could be the best player in the area? Um, like I, I think so. I think uh, I had a lot more confidence going into it, just um, the people that were surrounding me. I mean, I had a really great support, uh, supportive team and that when it comes to like especially goal scoring and all that. So um, I think by my sophomore year, and plus just the confidence itself, uh, you know, playing just had that one year, I was pretty much set just to just have fun, and then that's pretty much what I did. Well, I, I read somewhere too where you've you've you're accustomed to playing with older kids, right? Even going back to your younger days, I, I've got to think yeah. that that helps you get ready for a sophomore season in which you're going up against guys who are maybe older and a little bit bigger than you. So talk a little bit about how that helped you. Um. If any, yeah, it definitely helped me. And if anything, it kind of fueled me to do better because uh, going against older kids, I feel like I have to like prove something. Especially being an underclassman, I have to like prove like you know, I'm, don't view me as an underclassman. You know, I want to be viewed as an uh, equal. So especially those underclassmen years, um, going against those older kids is just like it was a uh, just fuel. Yeah, anything, anything like that really just gets me going. Okay, Coach, tell us a little bit about the player. What, what kind of a player is he? What makes him good? What are his strong attributes? Um, you know, from the early beginning, you know, River, you know, he, didn't, he came in as a freshman, obviously, and, and started as a freshman, um, but he definitely didn't play like a freshman or uh, look like he only had the experience of a freshman. He came in with the confidence. He came in with a, a, a body size that was not of a freshman. Um, and, you know, Right away, he made an impact on the field for us. Uh, as he mentioned himself, you know, he was a, a goal scorer 
uh, his first two years. He's kind of one of those kind of players that when we got the ball to his feet, you know, we we're looking for an opportunity to score. And, um, you know, he brings that ball striking ability. He brings that danger that, uh, you know, inside 25 yards, he's, he's dangerous uh, to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but, you know, on top of just goal scoring, um, he has the ability to really put other players away. And what I mean by that is he has opportunities. He brings so many guys around him defensively that, you know, he provides a lot of opportunities for other players as well. And I think that's what one of the biggest things that's grown for him this uh, these last couple of years of, you know, finding other guys on the field, um, being a bigger part of the whole system, uh, and really expanding his uh, playing ability and uh, not just looking to score this way, but also, you know, I think the best thing he does is, you know, making his, his teammates look good, right? And, and his teammates help him out, and he helps his teammates out. And it's really become a, a, a good uh, system that we have here for all the players. Um, but, again, you know, I can't go without saying, anytime Rivers gets the ball to his feet, I think the biggest thing is he's just a threat uh, to put the ball in the back of the net. So, um, yeah, big you know, big. And, and, I was just going to say yeah. big, big time. Yeah, no, he's definitely a threat indeed. Tell us a little bit about some of the players that are out there on the on the field too. River, maybe I'll start with you. Tell us about some of the other guys up front. Who are some of the other guys who are maybe putting the ball in the net, so to speak, on any given night? Um, we got a couple. Uh, we got our right wing is Devin. Um, he's is that Devin? Little, Devin Gibson. Yes. Okay. Devin Gibson, a sophomore, very fast and very uh, very lethal, especially going up front, and I think. His size also kind of goes into it. He's just a very small, quick kid. So when it comes to, like, the crosses and being where he needs to be, I think he's a really great asset. Um, we got uh, two guys in, like, uh, in midfield. Uh, Teo, uh, what was his? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Herc um, Hartman. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, an amazing kid. Um, the talent on that kid is insane. So – his touch and his passing is great. Long balls, whatever. He's uh, especially going forward. I think he has a really good uh, mind for especially soccer offensively. We got Juan Alvarez. He's a pretty much same thing with Theo, just a little bit taller. Um, can shoot anywhere. Has both feet. Is perfectly coordinated. Very good player. Uh, we got left wing. We got Cole Sargent. Uh, senior. Same thing. The hard worker. All these guys are hard workers too. Um, so I love about playing with them. Very hard working guys. Good teammates. Um, we got Javier, Javier Richmond, great kid. Got brought up from the JV and really showed out and really proved to us that he should uh, deserve to be on varsity. So all these guys, you know, really great uh, crew we got up top. Sure. And, and Mike, what about the back line, including your keeper? Um, I'll start off with the back line and end with our keeper because our keepers. Uh, he's been lights out this year. But in our back line, uh, we got some mixed experience with some newer guys coming up from JV. Um, we have a senior uh, as uh, Alex Hernandez. This is actually his, would have been his second year on varsity, but uh, it's his first year on varsity. Um, but he's become very consistent in the mid, in the center backs. Um, the guy that we can, you know, try, try to rely upon as the senior kind of role leader. Um, in the in the back four, um, we have another guy who's kind of taken a step into the uh, the other role of the center back, a guy named Dean uh, Figueroa Romero. And uh, this kid is he's a sophomore, and you know he plays you know the size and the toughness of a guy who's been on varsity already for three years and plays at an age that's much older than what he is. Um, he's fast. He's uh, 
he's aggressive, and he's the kind of guy that's never going to allow allow himself to get beat by a, an, an opposing player. Um, and then we got some other guys as well, some newer guys coming on, some freshmen, a guy named Cole Moore. Uh, we got another guy named Jake Vonderhoffen, who's a senior, but it's his first year on varsity, who are um, you know are really stepping it up in their these kind of new roles that they're playing um, in the marking back positions. And so uh, it's been very nice to have these guys. Um, they've had some injuries this season so far, but when they've been healthy, they've been really big at- or contributors to our, our back line. Um, and then lastly, our goalkeeper, uh, Avery Olsen. So Avery Olsen, he played for the academy squad, um, I believe it's Crossfire, right, River? Crossfire? Yeah, Crossfire. Crossfire. Yeah, he played for Crossfire the last three years during high school, but he was not allowed to play um, high school soccer. He's one of those academies where they want, you know, they don't want to do both, kind of burn them out. Uh, but his senior year, this year, he was able to come out and play for us. And, you know, he's a kid I've been kind of trying to get come out for the last couple of years anyways. And I had him in class last year as a junior, and I would kind of ask him every so often in class, uh, to say, hey, you know, you want to come out for your senior year, and he uh, he finally did. And this kid, um, he's everything I expected him to be, and and more. Um, you know, we played some very tough competition this year, and Avery, you know, even with the some of the games you see for our uh, um, our schedule, you know, we've seen goals scored on us, but the goals scored on doesn't tell the whole story, right? There there was plenty of uh, saves he made in those games. Um, there were plenty of opportunities that could have gone to the back of the net, and, and he made some tremendous saves in these games, uh, things that I kind of sit there and look back and go, you know, th- that is a college-level uh, goalkeeper right there. Um, and I hope he does go off and play uh, post-high school soccer. So um, he's been a great addition to the team, and he came into the program and immediately took on a leadership role and a senior leadership role for our program. So it's been a great, you know, big benefit to have him, even just for this one year. A great team. And I did want to mention really quickly, too, because you put it in your notes earlier today, Mike. Uh, you made the state tournament for the first time, or Meadowdale made the state tournament for the first time since 2005, and that was the 2019 season. And you did it with only six seniors on that squad. So I'm imagining you were expecting some big things from that 2020 team as well as this year. You're currently your four wins, two losses, and one draw. Uh, in terms of what this team could have done, I know it's what it could have, should have, right? But, I mean, that's the world we live in right now. How do you feel like that team could have done, maybe even last year, to pay homage to those guys a little bit? Uh, you know, two years ago we won the district championship, um, and we go to the state. We get knocked out by a good squad. Um, but, we, you know, we lose some good seniors. But we came the following season, you know, before the pandemic hit, we felt very confident about, you know, not only making state, but the hope was, you know, to obviously go further in state last year. And, um, you know, like I said before, we had, I believe, six or seven seniors, six of which were definitely starters um, that we lost and never got the opportunity to do so. And these guys, a lot of them had already been playing for at least, a lot of them had about two years already experience on varsity. Um, when I took over, we had a kind of this rebuilding um situation where we had a lot of youth and a lot of young guys on the team and so it was kind of that that culminating season where we thought you know here comes that moment we've been we've been the young team we've been the team that's kind of gotten uh bullied around on the field uh there those guys as freshman and sophomore year and now here's their opportunity as, as seniors we're going we're to be the older team on the field and the experienced team but you know we, didn't, we never got the season and the boys were devastated by that and you know like you said it could have would have should have but 
you know, overall the um, the culture that they established for the program, that that mentality of, of the want to win, the desire to win, as well as what it takes to win, um, that was permanent and that was lasting for us. And you know, even though, even though we didn't have a season, uh, these boys uh, made a big contribution, you know, that year in their whole career at Meadowdale. Um, either way. Sure, and then I'm looking at the schedule here, and, and River, if you don't get a postseason this year, which you're not, you might as well end it with postseason type of talent, and I'm looking, you've got three games left on your schedule. You've got Edmonds Woodway, Shorewood, and Shorecrest, and it looks as though, if I'm looking at the standings correctly here, those three teams have a combined one loss this season. What would it mean to a, to have a, a strong showing against those three as you close out your senior year? Uh, it mean a lot. Um, I think it would Especially being my last year, and being a lot of a like a, a lot of my senior well, teammates, I think it would mean a lot for us. Well, in Edmonds, what uh, Edmonds, what way tomorrow night over at Edmonds Stadium? That's always a big one, isn't it? I, I can't stress that oh, enough yeah. to for people who aren't from the south end of Snohomish County. Edmonds, Woodway, and Meadowdale. That's a rivalry, in, no matter what sport it is. Yeah, and, and you, no, fr- I would imagine actually, friends on the team too, or on Woodway. Yeah. No. <laughs> No it's so you you want a victory then? Yeah, no, absolutely, definitely want a victory. Well, yeah, two good teams going. We should mention too, Ben Hansen uh, from that team, five goals last night in his game. You had four in your game, Coach. I'm, I'm guessing maybe we can uh, expect to see some shots on goal from both teams tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect a big, uh, uh, you know, real nice barn burner tomorrow. Um, you know, it's Woodway, and as, as I told the boys about yesterday, you know, it's Woodway week. Um, and, and this is a big game for us. And like you said, you know, it's it's the game because it's you know it's kids that they grew up with, it's kids they went to elementary school with or junior high, and then they went to different high schools, but they still play club soccer together. Um, and so it's always a great and uh, fun game to coach and be a part of because you know whether the, whatever the records are it doesn't really matter because once that whistle starts at seven thirty, it's zero zero and it's game on. And um, you know we're looking we're looking forward to a big fun you know fun exciting game tomorrow intense and aggressive and uh, you know hopefully come out with the win tomorrow. Yeah, Seven thirty again at Edmonds Woodway Stadium. Edmonds Stadium. If anybody wants to get out there, I know they're limiting capacity, but right now I think soccer you can get in there pretty easily. So strongly encourage folks to check that out. And River, final question for you: uh, What does the future hold? I I understand from what I've heard, you might be looking to leave the country next year to play a little soccer. Yes, sir. Um, I got two options. I got I have a friend in uh, Mexico that is, we might be doing a tryout. And also my team, my club team currently, they have a team in Portugal. So depending on what how things go, I'm, I definitely want to try out pro before doing any sort, sort of college. So And that's, that's big boy soccer there, Portugal and Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And give a shout out to your club team. Who do you play for? Uh, Crossfire. Okay, crossfire, good one too. Okay, well again, River, fantastic career so far from you, and you've got three more games left to still put on some more goals there and add to that total and maybe rack up a few more victories. And Mike, I promise next time we have you on, I, I failed to get this into my notes because we ran out of time here, but we're going to talk spaghetti feed because I want to hear more about that and what you guys do on Thursday nights. But again, Mike, happy that you guys are out there again and you've got these kids playing and playing well. Congratulations on your season thus far, and River, for you, a fantastic three-year run. We wish it were more, but uh, nonetheless, it sounds like you've got a, a very bright future ahead, and we appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Al. Thank you very much for having us. Well, there we go. Thank you, guys. So, again, Meadowdale Maverick Soccer, head coach Mike Nelson and River Stewart, the 2019 Everett Herald Player of the Year, having another outstanding season over there. 
It's a full show tonight there, Brandon. We're uh, we're all wrapped up. Let's go ahead and let you know who brought you the show tonight. Tonight's sponsors were the Buzz In Steakhouse, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Screen Printing Northwest, the Hometown Handyman, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood, Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Everett Safe and Lock, and Glass by Lund. Steve, who did we have on tonight? Brandon, I was wondering if you were going to ask that. On our show tonight, we talked a little Jackson baseball, undefeated Jackson baseball. Zach Ettinger, Ryan Contreras, and Evan Canfield, all playing locally at colleges next year, all trying to wrap up this season undefeated. We then talked a little Mariner softball with junior pitcher Alexis Slater and her head coach Nathan Beachy. And then we wrapped things up just now with Meadowdale, River Stewart, and Mike Nelson. Little Maverick soccer there. And again, one more time, a reminder, starting next week, we move to Mondays, May 3rd, 7 p.m. right here on KRKO. Have a great night. KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO.